worship. And uh, I'm glad I got some water because my throat hurts a little bit from singing. <clears throat> Man, that was fun. That was really good. We're in part two of a two-week series called Vision. And last week we talked about the power of vision. And we learned that vision awakens emotion. There's no such thing, church, there's no such thing as emotionless vision. A strong vision brings with it passion. It, and, and passion pushes us. It, it actually gets us to the point where we take action. A strong vision also provides motivation. People with vision are a motivated people. A strong vision brings clarity to your life. It acts as a roadmap for your life. A strong vision also gives you a reason to get up in the morning. You need to find God's vision for your life. You need to see it. You need to feel it deeply. You need to take responsibility for it. You need to invite other people into it. And then I want to encourage you to go after it. Go after that vision with all of your heart and stay faithful to that vision all the way to the very end. We all understand that vision is very powerful. We understand that vision is necessary. We understand that without vision, like the Bible says, people perish. No one wants to go through life without purpose. No one wants to go through life without meaning, without something to strive for, without motivation, without vision. We want our lives to count. We want our lives to matter. We want our lives to have purpose. And without vision, our lives can feel very meaningless. A strong vision brings meaning. It brings purpose to our lives. With vision, you're going to live a full life. You're going to live a life with purpose. We all understand the importance of vision, but the question that I wanted to ask this morning is, do we understand the vision? We understand the importance of having vision, but do we understand the vision? And to bring it a little bit closer to home, do we understand the vision of Grace Church? My prayer today is that you will walk out of here this morning knowing exactly where Grace is going, why we're going there, and what our intentions are what our motivations are. And I also want to give you a clear picture of how you can play a part, how you can help that vision to become reality. And this morning, it, hopefully you grabbed an information sheet when you came in. It has some lines to take notes. If there was any Sunday to take notes, today's the day, okay? Because I'm going to do my best to make it clear exactly where we're going, and I would highly encourage to write some things down um, so you know where we're going. I'm going to lean on a uh, powerful story that's found in Mark chapter 2 this morning. But before I do, I just wanted to, to give us a little visual to kind of work off of this morning. And the, and the visual kind of goes like this. It's from Pastor Bill Hybels. He was giving the definition of leadership. And he said, I believe the, the, the clearest way or the most powerful way to define leadership is actually taking people from here to there. That's what it means to lead. To take people from here 
to there. And I thought that was just a real simple but yet powerful way to say we are here right now, but we are going there. So this morning, I want to define what there is. So to help us just see this visually, we are here, we are going there. Is that clear? Okay. Oh, man, my artistic ability is off the charts. <clears throat> so we are here, we are going. Is anybody confused? Okay, I didn't think so. So I'm going to start by reading Mark chapter 2. Did I spell there wrong? No, I didn't. Okay. Ooh. Okay. I'm going to start by reading Mark chapter 2, verses 1 through 5. Uh, and this story, just so you know, church, this story is bursting at the seams with vision for friends who would do anything they could to get their friend in need in the presence of the Son of God, the Lord Jesus Christ. So Mark chapter 2, verses 1 through 5, Jesus had just come back from a preaching tour, and verse 1 says, When Jesus returned to Capernaum several, several days later, the news spread quickly that he was back home. Soon the house where he was staying was so packed with visitors that there was no more room, even outside the door. While he was preaching God's word to them, Four men arrived carrying a paralyzed man on a mat. Verse 4. They couldn't bring him to Jesus because of the crowd. So they dug a hole through the roof above Jesus' head. Okay, Their vision to see their friend healed led them to take action. They lowered the man on the mat right down in front of Jesus. Seeing their faith. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, My child, your sins are forgiven. The first thing that Jesus did was he met the man's real need. He didn't need physical healing as much as he needed spiritual healing. The first thing Jesus did was he forgave him of his sins. And if you know the end of the story, you know that Jesus then went on to heal him physically. These men had crystal clear vision. So clear was their vision that they were willing to damage someone's house to see it realized. So how can we have such clear vision? The first thing we need to know is that having a clear vision or having a clear understanding of the vision doesn't happen by accident. Vision clarity doesn't happen by what we do. It starts by how we think. Actions, okay, what we do is a byproduct of how we think. The scripture talks about renewing our minds, changing the way we think. And the scripture talks about making your mind new, fixing your mind on things above. It's, it's, it starts in the mind, and when we learn to think differently then our actions can reflect God's heart and you can do what God has called you to do. The right way of thinking leads to the right way of doing. But it starts with your thinking. And so today I want us all to understand 
the vision of Grace Church. And my prayer is that you will have the same kind of clarity that these men had in Mark chapter 2. Such clarity that you would be willing to tear through roofs to see it realized. I hope we have that kind of clarity this morning. So on your notes there, there's seven questions that I want to answer this morning. And the first question that you'll see on the notes, it just simply says, what is Grace Church all about? What are we all about? So I wanted to give you just a a brief history of, of this church. Grace Church, man, I was singing hard. Hold on just a second. Grace Church has a history of stepping out in faith. We're we're not afraid to change. We're not afraid to do things differently. We're not afraid to go where God leads us to go. Pastor Bob, who pastored Grace Church for many years, he led by example when it came to stepping out in faith and not being afraid to change. The change started to happen when Pastor Bob made the decision to let the Word of God speak. We're going to listen to the Word of God, and we're going to do the Word of God. We're going to let the Word of God rule instead of a a particular denomination or the negative influence of peer pressure. He made the decision to let the Word of God be his authority instead of being negatively influenced by pastors who were using the scriptures for personal agendas. They were using the sword to injure people instead of using the sword to fight the enemy or to protect people. The sword of the Spirit. What is the sword of the Spirit? Church, can I just say, let's let's make no doubt about it. Let's be very clear this morning. This is a weapon. It's a weapon. Okay? Weapons can be used for good, and they can be used for evil. Truth that is misapplied, truth that is abused, is the most dangerous thing on the planet. This church used to be a culture of legalism. It used to be all about rules and very little focus on relationship. It was not about loving God and loving people. It was about following rules. But Pastor Bob and many who stood with him had the courage to change. They were willing to step out in faith instead of following a bunch of man-made rules. And they began to follow the Spirit of God. We're experiencing God's blessing today. We're experiencing God's blessing because of people who were courageous enough to follow the Spirit of God. They were willing to tear some roofs apart to get people to the feet of Jesus. Their vision was clear. We need to get people to Jesus. And like David, Grace Church had some men and women who said, the Lord is on our side. The Lord is on our side. I will not fear. What can man do to me? What can man do to me? But man, make no doubt about it. There were some rough battles. A price was paid 
for the decision to follow God. There were many times the road traveled was very rocky, was very rough. But through the faithfulness of few, because people didn't quit, Grace Church has experienced its own transformation. We have moved from legalism to freedom. And instead of being all about rules, our deepest motivation, our deepest conviction is to love God and to love people. That's what drives us. That's what motivates us. That's what guides us. Instead of trying to control people and to make everybody think like I do, we're now leading people to the one who saves. We're now giving guidance to, the, to people to go to the one who transforms, the one who can make all the difference, Jesus Christ. That's our desire, that's our focus, that's our motivation. We have, we have a strong history of being willing to change, being willing to go wherever God leads, and we're not held back. We're not held back by man-made rules, by unhealthy traditions. And you know what? We're not held back by people who want to play religion. Since we have moved from legalism to freedom, from rules to relationship, God has greatly blessed. And any time a challenge has come before the people of Grace Church, you've always stepped up to the challenge. And you know, because we're following the Spirit of God, people are better taken care of. More people have been changed by the gospel of Jesus Christ. And to be very blunt, to be very blunt, it's been more fun. <laughs> it's been more fun. Legalism, being shackled by man-made rules, it's a drag. It's no fun at all. It's, it's bondage. A few years ago, I was uh, talking with a good friend of mine. He doesn't go to church here. He doesn't go to churches at all, to be honest with you. But he was asking me um, a little bit about Grace Church and what I do and what we were all about. And I began to just talk with him and share what Grace Church was all about. And I shared with him some of our hopes and some of our dreams and where we were going. And this was his statement. And honestly, it kind of chokes me up a little bit because I proud of Grace Church. But he said, wow. Literally, he said, wow. You're a small church that thinks really big. And his, his statement just struck me. It hit me. We are a smaller church, but we do think big. We have big dreams. We have big hopes. We're, we're moving forward with an expectancy to grow we want to be a church that truly makes a difference in this region. We have an expectancy to do uh, to see God rather do great things. We're not satisfied with here. We're not satisfied with where we're at right now. We want to be a church that goes out, a church that makes a difference in this region. We want to lead the way by meeting legitimate spiritual and physical needs in our communities. And we want to do it all to the glory of God, not for some man and his name and his reputation. We want to do it all 
for the glory of Jesus Christ. We're at a place now that I believe is really healthy because we're being guided by our deepest desire, our deepest motivation, and that is the motivation or the desire to love God and to love people, and we want to do both really well. That's our, that's our motivation. This brings us to the second question. Where are we going? Where are we going? The men in Mark chapter 2 knew exactly where they were going. They were going to meet their, uh, I'm sorry, they were going to get their friend to Jesus, even if they had to damage someone's house to do so. So where is Grace Church going? Where are we going? Let me answer that by just saying we're going full speed towards the vision that God has given us. We want to see as many people as possible get into the family of God. We want to see them grow in their faith. We want to see them get spiritually healthy. And we sincerely hope people will go out from this place to impact the world around them for good by using their gifts and their talents and their abilities. Our vision is get in, grow up, go out. It's real simple. We're going to become a church that goes out. We're here. What's there? There is a church that is going out in all directions. That's where we're going. You know, one of the main biblical responsibilities of a pastor is to equip the saints for the work of ministry. You are the ministers. As pastors, we want to equip you for ministry. We want to provide you with opportunities to serve, and we're going to lead you, we're going to encourage you to go out. So let me share with you some of the adventuresome things that we're going to do to equip you to minister, to provide you with opportunities to serve, and to be a church that truly goes out. This is where you can take some good notes, okay? I'm going to give you dates even, all right? This is going to be fun. In August... We're going to host the Global Leadership Summit here at Grace Church. This is a powerful resource focused on the spiritual gift of leadership. It's a great tool, a great resource to strengthen us as leaders. And let me just be clear, strong leadership is needed in every area of life, in the family, in the church, in, in the business world, in politics, when a leader gets better, everybody wins. Some very strong leaders will be speaking in August here at Grace via satellite. You have to throw that in there. But leaders like Melinda Gates, Alan Mullally, uh, former CEO of Ford Motor Company, John Maxwell, uh, best-selling author and leadership expert, and Pastor Bill Hybels, he's, a, he's the senior pastor of Willow Creek Community Church, and many more. Okay, there's going to be some really gifted, strong leaders that are going to be helping us to grow in, in our leadership. And I believe inspired, encouraged, and equipped Christian leaders will create thriving local churches that redeem their communities for Christ. Let me, this is exciting to me. Um, that's one of my gifts is leadership. And so this really hits home with me. I love to grow and to learn and to, to get better as a leader, but we've already partnered with First United Methodist Church to make this happen. They're going to be joining up with us to make this happen, and our goal is to pack this place out with leaders 
who are looking to get better, leaders who want to learn, and leaders who want to influence our community towards Christ. So mark your calendars, save the date for August 11th and 12th. Okay, write that down. August 11th and 12th, you're going to be hearing much more about this uh, in the month of May during our leadership series. So what about, what about opportunities to serve? Because we have such a strong vision here at Grace, God is bringing more and more people to partner with us and to help us bless La Plata County. A few, a few weeks ago, we saw the highest attendance in our church's history. Over 335 people were in attendance at Grace Church. And man, can I just say, we are excited about growth. We're excited about seeing more people coming to Grace. We are expecting more growth. We're even planning on more growth. But we don't want growth to hinder or to get in the way of our care for people. We don't want growth to distract us from our motivation, from our foundation, and that is loving God and loving people, our greatest desire. The growth we've seen over the past year or so has led us to a point where we are over capacity. Every weekend, we have been asking people to park across the street because we don't have any more parking spaces. Some people made plans to come to church, but they kept driving through because they couldn't find a place to park. And at times, we had to make the difficult decision to turn people away from our children's ministry because we were full. There was no more room for any more children. The numbers, the, the data, you could say, is telling us that we need to make a change. Two weeks ago, we test drove a two-service model, and both services were a huge success. We, we approached it with the serve one, attend one mindset. So people were able to serve, and they were still able to attend the service, to be involved in the service. Adding a second service will improve communication, it will improve connection, and it will lessen volunteer burnout. Having two services will provide more opportunities for people to serve, for people to get involved. Launching a second service will allow us to better care for the people that come into our church, and it will also give us some much-needed breathing room so people won't be turned away. We are a people of adventure. That's one of our core values. It's at the core of who we are. We enjoy following God. We love to, to step out in faith, even when it gets uncomfortable. I am thrilled to announce on Sunday, May 8th, there's another date, okay? Sunday, May 8th, Grace Church is going to break new ground. We're going to do something we've never done before. We're going to launch a second service. Okay, so we're going to have one service at 9 a.m., and we're going to have one service at 10.30 a.m. And I am confident that this change will greatly benefit Grace Church. Thirdly, to help us be a church that truly goes out, we've started an outreach initiative called Love This Town. You've heard Keith refer to it at the beginning of the service. The plan is to have a meaningful presence at all the big community-wide events in our town. 
we believe that this first united effort of going out into our community will lead to greater things as we learn to serve together, as we learn to serve our community, as we get to know and as we get better networked with our community. Have I said before that we are not against Durango? We are not against La Plata County. We are for this town. We are for this county. And we want to work together with them to make this a better place. By the way, almost 100 people have already signed up for Love This Town. I think that's pretty pretty cool. Can you guys clap, man? Yeah. Woo. All right. I was wondering if you were sleeping. The next question is, is why? Why are we going there? Why the emphasis, why the focus on becoming a church that goes out? What is our motivation? Why would we give all the energy, all the money... Why would, why would we subject ourselves to all the hard work that it's going to take to become a church that goes out? Let me just give you two quick reasons. First of all, the God we worship gave us instructions to do so. It's called the Great Commission. He said, go. He said, go into all the world and proclaim the gospel. That's why... We are going to go, because Jesus told us to go. Secondly, we're going there because we truly love this town. It's not just a cool t-shirt. It's not just a new little ministry that we're trying on the side. We want to love with our actions and not just our words. We truly do love this town. Number four, what does it feel like? to go there. As I was reading Mark chapter 2 this week, I, uh, I wondered what it felt like for those men who lowered their buddy to the feet of Jesus Christ. What did that experience feel like? It wasn't just another normal day for those men. It wasn't business as usual. It was exciting. It was thrilling to see God work in their friend's life. It was something that they were going to talk about the rest of their lives. I can just hear him now. Like, hey, man, remember that time we tore up Fred's house <laughs> to lower Bert, you know, down to Jesus? You remember that? Yeah, man, that was awesome. That was so fun. Remember you almost fell down and I caught you? I don't know if it happened or not, but... Let, let me just say, what does it feel like to go there, to be a church that's going out? It's exciting. It's adventuresome to be a part of a movement of God. And when you begin to step out in faith, you begin to see things that only God can do. It confirms your faith. It affirms your faith. And it strengthens your faith. When you follow God, it won't be just another day. It won't be. So what can you do? In order for any of this to work, first of all, God has to be in it. So I want to encourage us, before we get too excited, to make sure we abide in God. To make sure we stay close to Him. Because that's what we need, first and foremost, is His presence. Okay? But also for this to work, He's allowed us to play a part, and everyone has to play a part. 
Here's some things you can do. These are some more things you can write down. You can pray. Please pray. Pray for God to make this vision a reality. You can get prepared. Get prepared spiritually. You can even get prepared physically. You can make room in your life for God to work. You can prepare for God to interrupt your life. Be willing to go where God leads. So you can pray, you can get prepared, and you can also provide. You can give financially to help this vision flourish. And you can also serve. We need everyone. We need everyone to serve. By launching a second service and through the Love This Town initiative, there will be plenty of opportunities to serve. You know, for some of you, I think the best place to start you're thinking, man, what can I do? Some of you, the best place to start would be to get in. To get into the family of God. Have you, let me ask you, have you made the decision to follow Jesus Christ with your life? Have you come to that point in your life where you said, I surrender all? That would be a great place to start. And if you haven't made that step, if you haven't made that decision, I would encourage you to do so. Others of you really need to focus on growing in your faith. You need to get equipped. You need to get prepared. A lot of us, we need to be trained. We need to be equipped before we run off to war. Okay, we, need to, we need to make sure we're strengthened in our faith. Some of you are in. Some of you have been Christians for a very long time. But honestly, you've been unfaithful to go out. You, you have every excuse in the book to not go out. But the truth is, everyone is called to go. It might be one of the most abusive things that we as pastors and Christians have kind of just let roll off our tongue is that word of calling. Like some are called and some are not called. The fact is, the instruction or the command from Christ was to everyone. He said, go. It wasn't if you were a pastor or if you were a missionary or if you were, uh, you know, a, a theologian or if you had a Bible college degree. No, he said to everyone, go. Everyone is called to go. It's not just missionaries. It's not just pastors who are called. We're all called. We've all been commissioned to go. So what, what is our strategy to get there? How are we going to do it? You know, we can talk and talk and talk. And we can talk vision Many visions are unrealized because they never have a game plan. They never have a strategy. So how are we going to do it? There's going to be two main vehicles that we use to accomplish this vision, and those are love and service. Love and service are going to be the two main vehicles that we use to get there. The scripture says, it's the kindness of God that leads men to repentance. We're going to bless our community. We're going to bless our schools. Our prayer is to play a part in solving legitimate problems that our community faces. Problems like homelessness and drug abuse, maybe even crime. The finish line, you're like, what is the peak? What's the win? Is to be healthy enough to plant other churches, to really impact our global missions partners 
that are overseas. We, we want our faith to become sight. And the best way for that to happen is through love and service. When you start serving, when you start loving, great things happen. The last question that I'll ask is this. What are the benefits of going there? What are the benefits of becoming a church that goes out? There are great benefits. There are great rewards in our pursuit of Christ. The benefits are both spiritual and physical. By living a life for Christ, we're storing up treasures in heaven. We get to be a part of life transformation. We get to play a part in seeing communities strengthened and families restored and marriages healed. By going out, we have the promise of God's blessing. The scripture says, it is more blessed to give than to receive. And I don't know about you, but one of the greatest rewards going out by God's grace would be to hear Jesus say well done well done well done man I don't know about you but that sends some chills up my spine I don't know about you but I want to hear that and I don't think that motivation is wrong I want to hear my Savior want to see him look me in the eye and hear those words well done that would, that would be incredible when we say yes to the vision of God we get to be a part of history if you break that word apart it's his story we get to be a part of his story Following Jesus, church, is full of adventure. If you feel like your life is full of ordinary, it's time to step out in faith. If you're feeling stuck in a valley of complacency, it's time to take action. If you sense that you were made for more and you're tired of settling for less, I've got great news for you. Today's the day for God's vision to fill your life. I am so thrilled and honored and humbled to be here at Grace Church. And I want to personally invite you to join us on this journey. Welcome to the Adventure Church. I'm going to close in prayer this morning. Father God, thank you for using a knucklehead to communicate really roughly some of your truths. And I just pray, God, that you would take what was communicated and you would multiply it. You would make it better. And uh, Lord, I pray that it would be clear in the hearts and minds of people where we're going and why we're going there, what it's going to feel like, what the rewards are. And, And I just pray, God, that this vision that you've given us to be a church that truly goes out, that sends people across the oceans, that sends people to their next door neighbor, I pray that it would happen, that it would become a reality we would see the name of Jesus lifted high and glorified in La Plata County like it has never been glorified before.
We ask these things in the powerful name of Jesus Christ.